The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 329. It is World Mental Health Day. Uh, I would say today, but actually it was yesterday. Uh, However, I recorded uh, this podcast specifically for uh, World Mental Health Day. And as you'll see, we're going to be talking about some kind of top tips for, for OCD with the therapist and OCD specialist Paul McCarroll, um, who has been on the podcast many times before. And uh, yeah, I, I hope you, uh, well, I, I think you're going to find it uh, interesting and helpful. So um, now if you are struggling with OCD or anxiety and you would like to get a free session with me, you can get that by heading over to my website, robertjamescoaching.com. There you can book in for that free session directly, or if you prefer, uh, you can send me a message and uh, let me know about what you're struggling with. Um, So guys, we're going to get straight into it today. Um, If you want to find out more about uh, Paul, you can check out um, his his website, befreefromocd.com. You can also find him on Instagram at uh, BeFreeFromOCD. So many thanks, guys. I really hope that you enjoy. If you have any questions at all, uh, do please let me know. And off we go. Hi, Paul. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on World uh, Mental Health Day and, uh, you know, to, to kind of come on and uh, I thought I thought it would be a great idea if you could kind of share some some helpful tips about OCD and anxiety. Um, you know, it's an important, uh, very important day. So, yeah. Well, before we get into that, how are you and how are how are things? Yeah, Rob. And like you said, um, World Mental Health Day is a huge day. It's a great day to raise awareness about mental health and obviously in particular for this show about OCD and anxiety. Um, but First of all, yes, thank you for asking how I am. I'm doing pretty well, Rob. Things are uh, busy, but a good busy. Um, I am obviously seeing, seeing clients. Um, I do my work in the hospital. And also in the midst of that, I know you're in a very similar boat of a young child as well, who has recently started nursery. Um, understandably, he was a bit anxious at first, but now he's at a place where he seems to be enjoying it. So Yeah, good stuff. As we talk about it, there's a full life, but but good things um, as well, Rob. Yeah, thanks for asking. No, that's great. Happy to hear that. It's always uh, anxiety-inducing in itself, you know, when you send send your kids off to school or nursery for the first time. So probably <laughs> some, good, some good practice there for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. So World Mental Health Day. Um you know, we we discussed kind of coming up with some some kind of uh, top tips for uh, for managing anxiety and OCD. Um, 
So maybe you could kind of elaborate on on that a little bit. Yeah, Rob, and I think it was a it was a great sort of theme that we we, we came up with because I think especially something as big as World Mental Health Day, you know, it does raise awareness and people who don't even struggle with mental health, be it through their social media or through their local news platform, they become aware of it. So I thought it was useful to maybe share some tips in terms of how to manage OCD and anxiety when it shows up. As you know, Rob, obviously my website's Be Free From OCD, and that's my hashtag on Instagram. But ironically, it's not just as easy to be free from OCD. Um, however, it's about how can we learn to handle this in a way that it doesn't impact things like I mentioned at the top of the show, being able to be a parent, being able to go to work, being able to live a fulfilling life. So, so yeah, I, I sort of thought it would be good to share with your listeners some tips, I suppose, enabled to try and move their life in a direction of their choosing, as opposed to this almost dictator within dictating how you live your mm. life. So as you've probably heard me speak before, and I know you've had different people on the show who talk about acceptance and commitment therapy, and that's generally the sort of angle I approach OCD and anxiety. And, and for your listeners in a nutshell, it's abbreviated as ACT because primarily it's about action, things that we do with our hands and our feet. So from an ACT perspective, we have less control over our thoughts and feelings. We have more control of, over how we actually respond to those thoughts and feelings. So in and of themselves, thoughts are thoughts, feelings are feelings. What makes them tricky is almost what we do with them. You know, do we believe them like absolute truth? Or can we learn to get the place where actually they can play like a radio in the background? They're still there, but we can move our life um, in a positive direction. So, I mean, I'm happy to add, I suppose, a few tips on top of that, Rob, Just, but I just wanted to give your listeners, I suppose, an insight into I suppose, how I approach this work. It's less about getting rid of this stuff. It's more about how can we learn to manage it in a way that we can live a fulfilling life. Yeah, and I think that's so important because one of the major reasons for why people get stuck with OCD is this idea of why I just need to feel this certain way and then I can take action. Um, you know, and we tend to forget that actually, you know, the uh, the action is the most important thing. And the sooner you can take that action, the better things are going to be. When we put things off and when we wait to be feeling just right effectively all we're doing is we're inviting ocd to stick around um you know it, it will stick around if we if we take that approach so you know what you're talking about there is spot on and rob you couldn't have said it any better and i think that for many people and many of the clients i see life is almost put on hold and it does make sense when you're treating these thoughts as biblical truth, when you're seeing them as 100% accurate. If you have the thought that door handle is contaminated, don't touch it or else. If you believe that to be true, you're not going to touch that door handle. The next time you're using a knife in the kitchen and the intrusive thought shows up that I could stab my child, if you believe that to be true, that impacts how you actually behave. So I suppose that the first tip, Rob, I'm probably going to share is really this whole idea of trying not to see thoughts as facts. 
So in those couple of examples that I shared, generally what happens is that when these difficult internal, internal experiences show up, it's almost like they're one and the same thing. It's almost like they are fact, okay? And obviously that impacts how you actually behave. Within acceptance and commitment therapy, we talk about fusion and defusion. But fusion means, if you can imagine two pieces of metal sort of completely cemented together, there's no separation. That's what can get happen with their actual thought processes. We can get hooked by them. So they almost can then dominate how we actually behave. Diffusion is all about getting a little bit of distance from thinking. The best way to describe it is almost like, if you can imagine sort of standing in a waterfall, the water's flowing over you. That's when you're fused, okay, that you're sort of underneath, you're submerged by this. Diffusion is you're standing behind a waterfall. Mm. You know, you see the water flowing, you can see its color, you can recognize it's cold, but you have a choice whether you actually go back in that waterfall or not. Yeah. So what happens with diffusion, it gives us a wee bit of space, Rob. Mm. And I suppose the way I can describe that is in an analogy, and I've shared this before on your show, but it's, it's, it's a useful one. Learning to see your thoughts and difficult feelings for that matter, excuse me, as a, as a um, radio in the background. Yeah. So what I mean by that is imagine you and your friend, imagine you and your partner are out for me. I can nearly guarantee you there'll be some music playing in the background. It could be a live band in the corner. It could be just some music playing through the stereo. But most of the time, you're focused on your meal. You're focused on the conversation with your friend or partner. You aren't noticing that in the background. However, when a good song shows up, when it's your favorite sort of Adele track, or whoever it is you like, you notice it, you pay attention to it, it grabs your attention. But then when the song changes, you go back to the meal, you go back to the task in hand. And we can learn, believe it or not, to do that with our own thoughts. We can't turn the radio off, we can't turn our brain off, but we can choose which thoughts to pay attention to. Mm, yeah. That's, uh, I suppose, even when I think of my own recovery journey, Rob, and, and maybe even in your own, that's been a huge transformative thing for me. As you said at the top of the show, I no longer get into this battle of trying to get rid of thoughts or trying to get rid of these uncomfortable feelings because it generally just seems to make them bigger and more Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. What would you say to people when people say, okay, I, I really like that analogy. That's a really helpful approach when I realize that I'm doing it. But what about the people who don't recognize that they're doing it? What if they're just... You know, they're just so caught up in their thoughts that they're spinning and they're spinning and they're spinning. And, you know, they're not they're not realizing that they're caught up in radio doom and gloom. How can they start to to, to break free from that when it's really kind of set in in that way? And that's a, and that's a great question, Rob. And most people who I see initially, that's where they're at, you know. They can't see that separation between almost themselves and the, and the difficult thoughts and feelings. They just see them as one and the same thing. And that's obviously where the, the stress comes from. So it's really about, I suppose, I would use this statement, starting where you are. Hmm. So that means slowing down for a second. That means actually taking the time to say, okay, and maybe it's an opportunity to share another tip here. So this is something which 
generally requires a, a pen and paper or if you have maybe a notes option in your phone and, and maybe your listeners they can give this a go or play it back at a later time it's basically called i'm having the thought that okay so basically if you can imagine a thought which shows up for you regularly hopefully one which is not of a incredibly triggering intensity but something that shows up day to day like like maybe like okay that door handles dirty it's contaminated right so what we do on a sheet of paper or in the notes in your phone we have three different sentences the first sentence will be that door handle is contaminated we skip a line we then write i'm having the thought that that door handle is contaminated we skip a line and we finally write the third sentence i notice i'm having the thought that that door handle is contaminated i then let clients look at that for a second and then i ask the question do you notice any difference in intensity and believability between that first statement that door handle is contaminated and that last statement i notice that i notice i'm having the thought that that door handle is contaminated and generally what clients will say is that first thought they have no wiggle room to do a different action you know they just avoid the door handle that last sentence it's like okay that thought's there but i have a wee bit of wiggle room whether i actually decide to go through that door or not mm. so it's a little strategy that people can try um it's something I have found useful in my own life and something that, that some clients find useful. So I think, Rob, in a nutshell, to answer your question, it's probably a bit of self-kindness, a bit of self-compassion as well as recognizing that it's normal and natural when you haven't maybe worked with a professional or read any self-help material that you're, you're caught in this stuff because it's so overwhelming. But it's mm. the, the recognition that over time you can get less hooked by it. Absolutely. And I like what you said as well about slowing down and um, not necessarily slowing down and, and thinking about it more, because we know that more thinking is kind of, but it's the quality of of kind of the examination almost of, you know, checking in with yourself as well. And uh, it's almost like, you know, if you sit down and you have like a small practical problem, and if you just sit down and you look at it, you can figure it out. Uh, most of the time um, but you need to actually be patient and you need to really just sit down look at everything and and take your time to figure it out and maybe take a few deep breaths in the process um, check in with your body you know let go of the overthinking and the kind of and and from that calm place often the answer just comes oh this is this is unnecessary. I don't need to be thinking about this in this way. Or maybe I just need to go for a walk and I have some headspace and I come back and that problem seems different. You know, it's, it's all of these different ways that, that help us, I think, you know, to kind of just see things from a slightly different angle. Absolutely, Robert. And, and ironically, when I, when I look out my window here, there's a, there's a red stop sign and actually a stop sign can be a really useful way of looking at this. That sometimes when they're in the heat of those intrusive thoughts, when we're in the heat of maybe actually doing a compulsion, it is for a millisecond, and can we just stop? And as you said, almost stop where you are. What are you 
you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you feeling compelled to do? And even slowing down for a second can help you to maybe stop doing that next behavior, which maybe you're going to do. Mm. And you talked very, a useful analogy as well, which I, I'm one of these therapists as well, Rob. I try and look at someone's whole life. Um, and I would often say that the reason we have a, a neck is because our body and mind is connected. So you touched on this whole idea of, I suppose, even doing something physical with your body, because I'm a great believer when you are stuck in your mind, it can be hard to figure things out because you're trying to figure things out. So mm. it can be, let's try and actually do something with our actual body. So a little catchphrase, another little, because I know we're trying to do this like a hints and tips type thing. Um, so if you think of the word emotion, if you take the E off, you're left with motion. So if you can remember, emotion is influence influenced by motion how you feel is influenced by what you do so depending on where you're at and how you're feeling that can be as simple as i'm just going to even open the door and i'm going to get some fresh air in the backyard or let the fresh air in the window if you have a bit of a if you're feeling better in terms of your physical capabilities maybe that's going for a walk mm. maybe that's actually jumping on that bicycle maybe it's going and meeting a friend but whatever, there's something about the doing something with your body can actually help your mind um, work better as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that over the years is just, it helps me time and time again. Um, okay, and, and maybe some other kind of, um, some other diffusion techniques um, that, w that you could discuss maybe about ACT to try to help us. So maybe, maybe we've moved on now. Maybe we're getting better at recognizing when we're caught up in the thoughts um perhaps we've been practicing using radio doom and gloom and we're getting some success with that sometimes but maybe we're still a bit stuck uh, at times what, what what are some other kind of uh, techniques that we could perhaps use in in these situations and again rob a brilliant question because i think you know, there are times when you get stuck and then the initial sort of thing is, oh, I'm not doing this right or therapy isn't working or I haven't read the right self-help book. And part of that is normal. But also, yes, there are other things that we can try. And I suppose um, a, an abbreviated form of almost that um, tip I shared with you, which was the written form where we did, I notice I'm having the thought that. Mm. Ross Harris, who is quite influential in the, the act words and, um, always recommend recommend his work and his books he developed a technique called thanking your mind um which is a really useful technique and i'm going to explain what that is firstly most people will say what do you mean by that why why would i thank my mind for having these difficult thoughts and feelings but really where we're coming from is that generally what happens when we have a difficult thought when we have a difficult feeling we do some sort of either trying to get rid of it trying to replace it with a more positive thought, some sort of avoidance. What thinking your mind is, is really about is learning to see that sometimes these thoughts and feelings, if we, if we look at OCD as a whole, you know, it's like the alarm system's going off at all the wrong times. Like these are like false alarms. So it's almost, you know, we're, can we get to a place of where we recognize we don't like or want these thoughts or feelings, but that they're there. Okay, so thinking your mind is a bit like acknowledging that the thought's there. I'm not going to get into battle with you. 
but I'm going to choose where I put my attention next. So mm. I'll give you I suppose the best way of doing that is uh, with, with a concrete example. So maybe the example I shared where the particular gentleman has decided to make the dinner that evening um, mm. and he's a couple of young toddlers around and he's chopping off the carrots and out of nowhere the thought shows up oh jeepers I could actually harm one of my children here and the default thing for him is he would panic put the knife away ask the wife to come in go and watch TV try and sort of get rid of the thought, try and sort of almost think that the thing isn't happening. Mm. What do you think in your mind? That, absolutely. And, and it's very normal and natural when we believe that thought to be true. Of course, let's avoid it. Let's get out of there. But how this think in your mind approach can be really useful is that in that moment, it's almost like, okay, well, thanks for that thought. I don't like it. I don't want it. But I have more important things to do here. Like a big part of ACT is your values. Like what's important to you in the moment? So I would imagine in that situation, what's important for that particular gentleman is making the best meal he can for his for his children. Now, caveat here, the thought doesn't go away straight away. The thoughts, you know, the hope is that they at least sort of recede into the background and you can move in a direction of your choosing. So it's, it's a really useful tool. So whatever thought you're struggling with, something I still use to this day, it's almost like, oh, thanks for that information. But... I've got my kid to pick up or yeah. I've got yeah. my kids to play football with. You yeah. Know? I, lo I love it on different levels as well because it's kind of like um, it works for diffusion, obviously, because it's kind of like, you know, just taking away some of the urgency and the energy of that matter. Um, but also I think it's, you know, it, it's quite compassionate because, you know, if we're getting angry with ourselves and with our mind, like, ah, oh, why are you doing this to me? And blah, blah, blah. You know, it's um, it, obviously it, it leads to us feeling more and more frustrated, angry, like all of these difficult emotions, which, you know, which wind up causing more stress, stress hormones in the blood. And like, you know, it just perpetuates that situation of the vicious cycle of anxiety. But when we say thank you, it changes the whole thing. It brings this this more peaceful uh, an accepting mindset into the forefront of our minds and we may not completely believe it of course <laughs> oh thank you mind it, you know it might often be that tongue-in-cheek sarcastic way of saying it but it still works and it's uh it's, it's powerful and rob i think that 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 is what we're i suppose trying to do and i suppose the None of us have that power just to, to get rid of thoughts. Thoughts seem to be very much like the weather and the fact of that they're they're always present, but they're always changing as well. And we have very, you know, most people I think would agree, we have very little control over the weather, you know. And I sort of have come to that conclusion with very little control over our internal world, but we have more control of how we actually respond. And that's a very liberating place because for me, that means that whatever shows up in my body or mind, I have a choice what I do with it. Doesn't mean that I get it perfect all the time. Doesn't mean that I'm a robot. But what it does mean is I have a bit of a choice. You know, a bit of choice in terms of, I suppose, where I go next. Um, and I think, especially obviously on World Mental Health Day, I suppose it's it's offering people that sense of hope. I I heard a an acronym recently that hope can mean um, hearing other people's experiences. Mm. So what by that is that 
what offered me hope, I suppose, in my journey was the recognition that, you know, people can recover from this. And recovery doesn't mean that you never have a difficult thought, feeling or urge again. But with recovery, you can get to a place in life where you can live a fulfilling life, even if this stuff shows up. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that that's really important to 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 kind of understand. And maybe another another technique um, that I'm sure you use a lot from ACT is this kind of idea of the choice point. No, which you know you mentioned choice, and it just kind of made me think about it. But you know, a, a lot of what you've just talked about there is is in relation to that that choice point. I mean, saying thank you is really kind of that choice that you're making to say, okay, I'm going to say thank you. And then I'm going to think about, well, what is something that I can do right now in this moment that is something that I can focus on that will make a positive difference to me? Um, And that's a moving towards strategy, moving towards our values and what we care about. And what could I do that's going to keep me stuck? What's going to take me away from my values and who I want to be? And obviously, if we carry on ruminating, if we uh, carry on avoiding uh, or doing any of those old strategies that that we know keep us stuck, then, well, we know what's going to happen. We're going to get the same old results. And, you know, that idea of this kind of crossroads, you know, and, and um, you know, making that decision that is going to help us move towards our values is obviously really empowering. It gives us that sense of taking back control um you know so that you can start living the life you choose um you, you yeah, know and i'm just going to add and, and to be fair i don't even feel i need to add to that in terms of that description of the choice point because you actually nailed it and i think it's just that recognition for people is that as you've said it's trying to bring choice back into the room it's trying to recognize that at any moment in time we have a choice to make i suppose is what we're doing leading us towards a life of our choosing and that's meaningful or is it i suppose leading us away from the life that we want and again none of us get that right all the time but it's that recognition that at any point we can come back to trying to make a choice which is more aligned with our values and and what we care about and i suppose it's it's, it's the idea especially on word mental health day that you know there's so many, I'm sure, Rob, you know, it's, I came across your work and you came across mine and there's many others out there who have been willing and open to share their experience. Um, mm. And I think people really, resonate, it, no? you know, and people really resonate with that, Rob, because people want, of course, the well-resourced, the professional what's the best way I can help myself information, but they also want a wee bit of, okay, well, he's been there or she's been there and they've managed to get their better place. What can I learn from them? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People, I think, you know, there's, there's plenty of us out there who I suppose we're trying to make a positive difference Rob. anyway. Absolutely. Well, you certainly are. So, you know, um, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got to go and pick up your your son. So, thank you so much for coming on on uh, World Mental Health Day. It's been really great talking to you um, as always. If people want to get in touch with you, Paul, how can they do that? 
first of all, just want to say you're very welcome, Rob. It's always a pleasure. Um, two main, I suppose, ways to contact me is through my website, which is befreefromocd.com. And it's the same handle on Instagram, befreefromocd. Fantastic. Many thanks. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group or anywhere else online or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.